Hi, I'm Matt Falk, coming at you from Hadi Da Studio. Welcome to Past, Present, Future, the only podcast in the universe that dares to appease the ghosts of comedy past, comedy present, and comedy yet to come. Before we begin, I wanted to read a lovely review the podcast got in the USA. It's called Great Easy Listening Podcast. Quote, Matt is a great comic and a great interviewer. Oh, gee, thanks. Does a great job keeping the conversation going and entertaining. I never feel like the episodes run too long. Love hearing the history of each comic's journey. Five stars. Oh, my goodness. Thank you very much for that review. And thank you to everyone who has rated, reviewed, and subscribed to us. It really does help other people find the show. Speaking of the show, let's get on with it. My guest today is a stand-up comedian and writer who is known and loved for his hilarious and award-winning storytelling style of comedy. He's opened for Chris Redd from SNL and the incomparable Mark Marin. He was a writer on the hit CBC sketch show Tall Boys and wrote for the CBC comedy Run the Burbs. He's been seen on CTV's The Stand-Up Show with John Doerr and CBC's The New Wave of Stand-Up and The Debaters on CBC Radio. And his podcast, Bites and Bits, won the 2022 Best Art Series at the Canadian Podcast Awards. He's performed at Just for Laughs Toronto, Sled Island Festival, Toronto Sketch Fest, and Just for Laughs Montreal, where he was selected for the first ever New Faces Canada Showcase in 2019. That same year, he was nominated for a Canadian Comedy Award for Best Taped Performance and won Host of the Year at the Toronto Comedy Awards. Now Toronto listed his debut album, Tigre King, as one of the top five comedy albums of that year. And you know who agreed? The Juno Awards, who nominated him for Comedy Album of the Year in 2022. Please welcome he. Hisham Kalati. Hey, Hisham, how you doing? <laughs> that is the most intense, most like giver intro I've ever been given in my life. That was, I need you to do a speech at my funeral. Just the, the intensity and this, the genuine, like, I'm going to nail this for this guy. I was like, I really appreciate it, Falk. That was good. That was all good. Do you have a date for the funeral real quick before I commit to uh, it? Uh, it'll be the, it's at least the year 10,000. Uh, there's 10, at least eight okay. more thousand years. So, uh, if there's any kind of cryogenic freezing or you have the ability to download yourself into a computer, I would appreciate it. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but, uh, yes. Uh, what was your one, note? You have a note for me? Yeah. Uh, and number one, I, uh, I have to tell my Mark Marin story, uh, on this podcast. This will be yes, the please. only time this will ever be said. This will go viral. Incomparable. I'll compare him with some things. Um, and, um, so the first time Matt and I met was we did a, uh, gig at Casino Regina. <laughs> That's true. This is the first time we met Casino Regina. That was a good show, and, and it was a very good show. Uh, uh, honestly, uh, going to the birthplace of old stock Canadians, uh, I didn't think I'd have a good time. But <laughs> I've never was, heard it described that way. Experience. It, uh, I, listen, I've never been further west than technically London, Ontario, and even though that's pretty south. So uh, Regina yeah. was an experience, uh, and uh, you know, I'm sorry, trying to size up Matt uh, in in the. Uh, <laughs> In the green room, he's he's kind of giving like a spooky clean Mulaney thing, and uh, you quite possibly tell me the funniest story about you had put out your album, okay? And you got high, this is you, you were like so happy like this is this is gonna be a magnum opus. I'm gonna quit after this. I'm gonna go full Jerry Seinfeld, and then I think what what was the ending? Uh, did did your album like did my album 
literally bump yours out of like the oh gee box. i didn't know where this story was going yeah okay first of all okay let's <laughs> let's back it up just a couple of paces shall we hisham immediately became friends yes tell me let's go <laughs> so yes the story was that uh my album uh optimistical uh had just been released and I, I think the same way about every one of my albums. I think it's, I'm, I'm proud of it. And I'm happy. Whatever. I was not thinking I'm going to go full Jerry Seinfeld. All right. <laughs> Let's just clear that up right now. But what happened was I had somebody uh, tell me that it was it was this incredible album and it was really good. And they wouldn't be surprised uh, if I got nominated for a Juno that year. And I hadn't really thought about it too much. But as soon as they put that in my head. That was all I was thinking about. I was like, oh, my yep. word. Yep. Could I get nominated yep. for a Juno? And uh, so I'm there listening. I remember I was uh, – we were in a in a parking lot for, uh, of Michael's and listening to the radio for the Juno announcements. Uh, and, or not the radio. It was on – it was streaming. We were listening to the streaming. And, of course, it doesn't get nominated. But that was the first time I ever heard of you was when your album got nominated. So the first time I heard of you, I was in a very sad place that I didn't want to be in in the first place. I didn't want to get my hopes up. But boom, there they were. They were up, and now they were being dashed. But uh, let me tell you, there was no bitterness, no no anger, because man alive are you – Hilarious. Yo, that is a mutual compliment, bro. Right back at you. Optimistical was awesome. Also, as an actual name, like <laughs> tier one. I love a good pun. And it's just, it combines two of my favorite things, Transformers and Optimism. It was just a great kind of like, I, it was good. It was, I, I like that. I respect, respect. Um, and a but, lot of respect uh, back at you too. You oh, no, you no. have a bit in uh, in that album where you talk about um, you know what I'm going to say probably because it's one of your most requested bits where you talk about your mom uh, oh, crushing it at Seinfeld. Seinfeld trivia. trivia. Li- li- the last game she played was before COVID. So COVID was 20. So I think it was November 2019, and they take. That like the Christmas break off just because you know family stuff. It's like a it's a, it's a pub, so sure. it's like rammed for Christmas time and New Year's. And they were they were gonna start again <laughs> in March 2020. Oh no! And then the world shut down. And of course, my mom still gloats to this day because like it never came back. The uh, the, <laughs> the the pub folded. New so she went out on top. Literally, she was the goat. She was the Lionel Messi, the Tom Brady, LeBron James. <laughs> Of Seinfeld trivia, and I'm I'm sorry I burned that joke because there's nothing more satisfying than my mom sending a group Facebook message uh, to everyone being like, "I'm the winner forever, goodbye forever," and then just <laughs> removing herself from the group. She's dominated <laughs> for so so long. She's done. That's incredible. And if you haven't heard the bit, ladies and gentlemen, please please uh, go out and uh, listen to the album and listen to that bit specifically because, oh my goodness, so incredibly funny. Uh, we're going to get interrupted by some ghosts right away. But before we do, I need to bring up one more thing, if you're willing to talk about it. The Let's other go. reason we bonded uh, in Regina is for our mutual love of wizarding lore. The greatest lore. fantasy franchise of all time. Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Game of Thrones. I will die on this hill. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. And I'm literally in my hand holding uh, the Elder Wand right now. Uh, You know what? And and we talked about this when we were in Regina. My partner and I had a chance to uh, go to Europe uh, earlier this year, and we made a point to go to London. She wanted to see uh, um, uh, uh, a play on the West End. That's their version of uh, Broadway. Very very exciting. I wanted to hit up all three downtown Harry Potter stores because I needed to leave where Harry Potter was born with something from Harry Potter. Sure. And the Elder Wand, 
you know what? Decent wand. It is the wand. It's like the yeah. one that carries through the franchise. But when I saw Voldemort's wand, yeah. it was it called to me <laughs> on the spiritual level. Because as much as I think I am a Gryffindor, I'm a Slytherin to the core. Sure, it's like Slytherin with like Slytherin rising. Like I'm, I'm yeah. Uh, uh, there's no minor to it. You give very much off uh, Hufflepuff energy. I, I, I am know, a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. I guarantee yeah, I'm okay, a Hufflepuff. Okay, okay. Uh, I it, but the fact that you have the Elbow one and I have Voldemort's one is apt. Yeah, and I and I'm, I want to go back a little bit. You're like elder wand, decent wand. What are you talking about? Decent <laughs> wand. It is. It is the only wand. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was fashioned uh, out of elder wood by death himself. It has a festral hair core. I, 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 you know what? If you're a deep Harry Potter fan, elder wand is the way to go. It, it it's just yeah. it's the one. It's like a, getting a lightsaber. If you're gonna be a Star Wars fan, it doesn't matter what you are. <laughs> you're gonna get a lightsaber right but in terms of like a wand matching the person's persona <laughs> you, uh, did like you go like, for Voldemort's wand? I, I, i'm just saying but i think it's a little presumptuous mr falk to think yeah. that you would be pure enough to hold the elder <laughs> wand i think it's very presumptuous uh... i think that's not a hufflepuff trait at all okay cedric Digg- you think cedric diggory would want to go for the elder one no no would, of course not he, he respects it yeah. Mr. Falk over here and- thinks he's the chosen one. <laughs> I've literally never thought about it like that before. And I am deeply, I feel, <laughs> I genuinely feel shame right now. That's a horrible, mm-hmm. how could you do this to me? That's pretty helpful. Actually, That's actually, very I'm helpful. Buff. Buff. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I have a question for you. What do you think about this? Because Voldemort's wand, if you haven't seen it, folks, Google it. Uh, it's pretty intense. It's got yes. the 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 hook on it. It's very death-like. Did he get that when he was 11? Oh, that's good. I don't think he had this as an original one because it almost looks like, like especially it, like it hangs on like a little, like a little plaque on my wall. It looks like it's like a carved like arm or femur bone almost like like he oh. whittled one of his victims whatever that snake ate one no of but kids he didn't like, he didn't make it olivander made it with because it has the same sort of, core as harry's so wand do you think olivander like in my mind it makes me laugh because like this guy is like true neutral he has yeah. to make wands for whomever. everybody so does he have like unicorn blood and like children's bones in a box because he's like listen <laughs> I, I, it's it's it is our life just is in case just we never know who's gonna come but i always feel like if if tom riddle walked into school holding that creepy death wand and like really nobody saw that he was going to be super evil. Like, look at that horrifying, like, terrible white claw wand. Of course he's evil. Unless it was a regular wand, and then once he became evil, he kind of refashioned it. That's my guess. If I love the idea that he walked into that school with that wand, and no one batted an yeah. eyelash. Nice wand, Tom. Because they're like, yeah, this this tracks with our people. Like, we, we live in alleyways and, like, right. just, like, 1800s. English Victorian people like if somebody had a, a wand made of ivory, they'd be like, "Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah, uh, cool, cool, nice one. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to potions class. We're gonna be late. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I could talk about this with you forever, uh, but I can sense a presence coming right now. I think we're gonna get interrupted by our first ghost here, Hisham. Let's go. I am the ghost of comedy past. Today I take you to being selected. For New Faces Canada. All right. All right. Where are we right now, Hisham? We are... Um, we're floating through the ethereal space back yeah. to 
I guess May 2019. Yeah. I'm with the, you. When I was told I got new faces. Is that is this how this works? Am, am That's I exactly how this works. Okay. So were you um, were you given a phone call? What happened? Yes. Uh and not to do a behind the scenes thing, but um please do I, showcase season, give or take, uh, is ongoing. You know, um, but sometime around like February, March, April. Yeah. Was just for laughs, um uh showcases. And you showcased and, in Toronto? Yes, I was. Uh, I'm, I'm originally from Ottawa, but I'm located in Toronto. I primarily do stand up here, and um, you know, most people, if most comedians know this, if you're not a comedian, um, you know, um, sometimes the Just for Us producers have a list of people they want to see because they, they've heard through the grapevine. Yeah, you know, they, they, people are popping off, uh, and then sometimes individual independent producers, like the people who put on the comedy shows, the yeah. showcases, have their own people. They're like, you know, when I I got this kid, you know, you may not have had a chance to see him, but I think they're great or she's blowing up or they're killing it. And um I was doing okay stand up wise. And I had a mm-hmm. couple of solid sets because realistically you need to stick a really hot seven to carry you on for the festival. Absolutely. Um and um I had showcased quite a few times at that point and um i was blessed with an opportunity to do um i think the first one in a while i don't think they've done it again but a showcase at the very popular nubian comedy show it's an yeah. all-black monthly show at the yuck yucks yes. um at uh, uh in toronto hosted by the legendary kenny robinson this man mm-hmm. is literally a kingmaker and i had done the show a couple of times he asked me to come out and i had a really good showcase um it, it was a fun room it was it was a good set and like you just move on like uh if you're fresh face, you kind of obsess about it, but you do it enough a couple of times. It's just to get your face out there That's right. for the best. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, I, I, most people maybe know this. I, I work a nine to five. So I have like a regular day job during the day. I'm very Clark Kent. Uh, and I was literally, uh, uh, I got a call and I don't know what it is. It's like, I don't know how to say laughs in French, in French, but it was like just pour laughs. Like I like came up as like a, the caller ID. Okay. And uh, and it was basically, it was like just for laughs. And like for a split second, my natural like instant was like, am I in JFL gags? Like, did they call me? Did I accidentally like- <laughs> This is a, this a, is a prank and call. And yeah. Like, like it's gotta be a bit or something. And I went into the bathroom and I'm like, hello. And it was um, uh, the just for laughs producer. And it was, was, was it like, Zoe? Zoe called it you? Was, it was yeah. Zoe Rabnett, uh, the legendary Zoe Rabnett. Yeah. Um, she called him. She was like, hey, I just want to let you know that, uh, you know, we really enjoyed your showcase. Uh, it was great. I'm like, thanks. And then I was like, okay, bye. Like, I thought it was just like a courtesy call. <laughs> and that's like, the end. Yeah. That's the end. I'm like, thank you so much. And she's like, yeah, you got new faces. I was like, yeah. I'm in wow. my bathroom trying to keep it in. And your bathroom is where you're supposed to let it out. That's really funny. That's really funny. I, and Thank I have you. a pants on, just FYI. I was just sitting on the floor cool. in the really nice yeah. bathroom. I wasn't <laughs> let's let's, clean, let's clear that up, yeah. Uh, but uh, it was very, very exciting. And um, they asked you to kind of hold up on telling anybody because, you know, they, they, the announcements are official. I want to come through the proper Just for Love channels. And I was just like, please, just like, I know I can't tell anybody. Can I just tell my partner? And she's like, yes. Like, Zoe had yeah. my partner at that point. She's like, I know. And that was, she was the only, my partner was the only one who I knew. And it was very, very exciting. And you kind of have to like bite it down and, like I, I'm a company man, so like when an authority figure tells me an order or a direction, I take it. So like I kept my mouth shut. Yeah, I that's said right. Absolutely nothing, because I'm again so paranoid. As a just naturally, I'm a very paranoid person. So I just assume <laughs> it's going to get taken <laughs> away if you say something. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, like the 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 boss told me not to say anything. So yeah. like, it's like that Spartan story where that like young kid 
went out at night to like find some food and like got a fox or a rat or whatever, but he kept it in his pouch. And and uh, while he's getting reamed out by his commander for coming back late, the rat is literally eating like into his stomach, into his guts. But this kid is such a shoulder, he just kept his mouth shut the entire time. I felt like that kid would be like, no matter what, just the secret burning in your chest lie to everyone. Like you have your own friends being like, did you get it this year? Did you get this year? I'm like, no, I never got it. I don't know anything about Just for Laughs. I'm quitting. I'm going back to med school. Nothing matters. Kind of stuff. So I'm just, you can cock I'm, this entire story. And I'm just, but like, and then when it came out, it was a very, very nice experience. Um, I got to share it with some very close friends. Yeah. Um, Leonard Chan, very funny comedian. Rebecca yes, Reeves, hilarious. Uh, yeah. Very, very funny. Um, uh, uh, new face, Rob Bebenek, who yes. you and I had shared uh, an experience at the Casino Regina. And Rob's like in his late 30s, early 40s. And it was just so funny to be for him this grizzled like like you know gunslinger vet who's been <laughs> crushing like comedy for longer than i've been doing it being yeah. considered a new face and like it was it was an absolutely wonderful experience especially uh new faces being it's like the comedy showcase um that they would do in america and canada had its own but yeah um, you know zoe was able to bring that showcase to the, to canada and like, being the part of that uh, first class it was very very exciting yeah um, now and- it's it's got a lot more prestige it's it's the new faces canada when i yes. when i did it it was still homegrown and oh, not uh, listen Go you ahead. guys got a tv set uh, a tv tape and no money, like, uh, i you know, like, didn't uh, okay listen to me i was the last year because i was in 2015 i was the last year where they didn't have anything it was just homegrown and the year afterwards it was on a tv show Ooh. It was literally 2016. Everyone got a TV show who got selected homegrown. That much. Yeah, for me, uh, it was just like, thank you so much for coming out and goodbye now. Please leave. Oh, sorry. We got the bells. That means we're being interrupted again. Here comes number two, my friend. <laughs> I am the ghost of comedy present. Answer this. What's the one aspect of comedy that you've improved at the most? Oh, that's interesting. All right. Okay, so here's the deal. Comedy is an art form that you never perfect. You're always yes. getting better and better at it. Yes. So we're, we're not looking for what what is Hisham the best at. What we're looking at is most improved player here. What have you improved at the most? What did you start at out at not so good at and now you are much better at? So I when I started comedy, I storytelling was never like a thing. Like I would do like really? really then I ended up being storytelling and then that is what I got exceptionally good at. I can it's just a, I, I like writing so I can like make a beginning, middle and end. I can kind of work it out. So it's it just, it's how I think of everything. So, so wait, how, how long were you doing it before you transitioned into storytelling? Uh, so uh, I had a old comic friend I used to roll with that one time I told him an insane story about my mom. And mm-hmm. this was like, maybe if I've been doing it for six, six or seven years now, I think this has been like the first year of comedy and like, you know, like you, you, you bumped up from doing it like once every six months to like once a week, twice a week. And I told them, yeah. told them an insane story about my mom. And like, that's how I've always told jokes with stories as a kid. But, you know, when you watch like Comedy Central or. or right. Or, they're or little, they're quicker. Up, yeah. They're always bits, 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 bits kind of a thing. Like the late great Nick Nemiroff, the goat was like, I think mm. the single best joke writer. Like, that's how I thought you were supposed to be. Uh, and I told him this insane story. And it was just like a story I've told like my casual, like non-comedy, normal human friends. And he was like, do this on stage next week. And I did it. And like, I got like, you know, when you, when you start doing comedy, when you get that, like, uh, when you say a joke and you get a laugh, 
some people are like, this is it. This is as good as it gets. Like, and, but you know, you're supposed to workshop it, get it leaner and less fat. But I had been polishing the story my entire life. This is just a joke I was telling a story I tell everybody that like, buddy, Falk, just those consistent laugh points, like yeah. set up punch, set up punch in, in the story. Like my, my, my brain shifted. I'm like this forever. Like that's it. Wow. Even if I want to tell a beat a, a bit, I'd turn it into a story. But like, it's in, that's because... incredible to me because most <laughs> comedians they'll they'll do the traditional way of story uh, of, of comedy, excuse me, and then it's only around year 10 that they start going, you know what? I should start telling more stories. They start getting a little bit more like uh, relaxed up on stage and they're doing so, these longer sets. So the fact that you did it like a year in tells me that this is not like a transitional thing. This is like, this is who you are. As this a is who I was. But the thing that I have lost an ability for okay. is riffing. I'm oh, so interesting. structured and I'm so like, even when I think of an improv on a like like a tag, if I'm trying to riff, I stop myself because like I need like I need like ten seconds to like structure it into I I can't just you know freestyle jazz. So, so what like, happens if someone interrupts you on stage if there's a oh heckler or something? God. So like I'm like a black Matt Falk. I'm just like I'm I'm nice. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just I'm, it's good vibes. But if you have the audacity. To interrupt my adorable story about my mother or like the <laughs> like the Asian sandwich I'm eating, like you're a jerk. You're an absolute jerk. And then yes. I match your energy yeah. by taking like it takes taking a pause and then yeah. going from like Wayne Brady to Little Wayne and then just becoming a jerk to you. <laughs> and so, a lot of these times are they're kind of like drunk jerks. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're imbibing a little too much. In in a way, in, in not to and again the people who heckle me are heckling for a specific reason. Right. So they're either too drunk or sometimes they're not a fan of my aesthetic. They're not culturally, you know, open-minded. Right. So they're just yeah. triggered. And so I match that energy. So it's mm. like if someone on the street is a jerk to me, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's very um, disjarring for an audience to see me go from cute to very jerky. <laughs> That's fascinating to me. But it's, you know, it's also like, okay. Well, whatever. There's a lot of comics who couldn't tell a story to save their life, but what <laughs> but what they could do is they could spend all day riffing with the audience. And sometimes, quite honestly, when I go to a comedy show, I don't I don't want the comic to be quick on their feet. I want to hear structured and beautiful stories. When I go see Gary Gullman, I don't want to hear Gary interact with the crowd. I want to hear perfect, beautiful, thought out jokes. You know, okay. and that's so what people get with you. Goldman? Did you see Goldman when he was here at all? Like no. A, like a, you didn't come to, okay. No, so, when I say, when I see Goldman, I mean on, on TV. TV. <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, we were blessed that he just randomly came to Toronto like a month ago. It was like this random thing. I, I had never seen him live because I always missed him at Just for Laughs. Like when I, you know, try to get tickets to see these amazing headliners. You're exactly right. The, his audience, they're there for like a show. Yes. And- it is, but like to be able to get to that point, like oh, it's it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's a goal. So funny. He's a genius. Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Ghost number three, my friend. Strap yourself in. I'm I'm I'm, I'm buckled in. Let's go. I am the ghost <laughs> of comedy yet to come. What is your biggest comedy fear? Well, we might have touched on it already with heckling, 
But what is your biggest comedy fear? It can either be something that happens on stage or it can be an existential comedy fear. Give it to us. What are you terrified about in comedy? What scares you? I, I, don't, I don't know if I qualify for this question. Tell me like, why. I don't have the perspective. Like, so I'm not an artist. I'm a guy who's good at an art. And I get fulfillment in different ways. So like, I don't need that like satisfying, like I'm on stage at validation. Like I, I love writing. So like when I do a joke and I get validation, I'm like, okay, you like that bit. And I kind of move on. So I've never like, like I don't get the yips or like the chokes, like I'll bomb. Cause I'm like, this is part of the process. Uh, wow. But if I do really well, I'm like, that doesn't matter. Like that, that was easy. They're all liars. There's like laughing gas in here. So I don't know like if there's any fear, fear. Like, can I have an example? Has there has the ghost ever? Um, this is the first time the ghost ever asked this question. Um, oh, yeah. See, do you have any help, like help me? Yeah, help well, me. that's maybe this is the answer. Maybe the the you you don't have a big comedy fear at least on stage. What about in general? Like, what about if this whole thing dies out and you the audiences get smaller and smaller and you can never do stand up again? Does that freak you out? Not even a little, bro. Like COVID, I was just I went back to my job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, wow. I, I, I <laughs> trauma, like I've tra trauma is, a uh, is, is traumatizing, but like uh, the, the bar's got to be pretty set pretty high. I'm like, the world shut down. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll go back to my day job. Like I I'll crack rocks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like, wow. uh I'm just happy to be alive. Uh, you know, it's, uh, any day above ground. Uh, it's all good. Wow. How is this possible? How are you eat? This is incredible to me. Well, okay, All right. no, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to screw the ghost because that was pretty impressive. Um, uh, how, how about this for a fear? Yeah, my fear is hot, hot show. Me being the only comedian who bombed. Yeah, if, if that if I had to pick one, because like I don't mind bombing, but if I'm talking, this is a ten out of ten show. Like people are walking out of here with like HBO deals. Okay. Me being the only one to bomb. I, that fills me with like cringe anxiety that, that Ooh, I would like, we found I it. I would go, I would go to nursing school. I would go. I would just. <laughs> we found it. Okay. And here's the thing. We're, we are running out of time so quickly. So before we have to wrap up, we gotta, we gotta talk about what the ghosts have revealed to you. What, what have you learned on your journey here today through past, present, and future? How, how will you never be the same? How is your life altered forever, Hisham? What have you uh, learned? It's, it's, it's a, it's a seismic moment in my life realizing that I am as amazing as I think I am. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've never bumped. I'm, I'm, I'm an unstoppable comedy juggernaut. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who, uh, who will ghost bust all these ghosts? Uh, it does not matter. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm king. Uh, thank you so much. Um, if you have any spots, <laughs> I would take them all and I will I will never suck. I will be the best. <laughs> <laughs> this is the inner Voldemort coming out. I'm so sorry. I, I keep telling you, I'm a slither. I'm a slither. I can't turn it off. And here's here's what I'm taking from it is that you really do have an energy and a personality and a presence that is so authentically yourself and so authentically pumped about stand up comedy that it's it almost moves past the art of stand-up comedy and into like, it's something that truly brings you joy. It's, it's like comedy owes you nothing, which yeah. is incredible. I've never, I feel like I've never heard that. I always feel like comedy is like such a crutch for so many comedians. It's the thing. If, if it goes away, they die. But for you, that's not it. You just love it. I, I do it for the love of the game, my man. Yeah. 
That's why your biggest fear is if it's a great show and you're the only one who doesn't get to have a great show is, is you don't get, you just, you don't want to ruin the show. You no, want to enjoy no. it as well. And I think that's, I'll tell you right now, that's and, beautiful. And, and I, I don't even know if what this says about me or if this changes anything, but if I, if I can feel like I don't got the steel, I don't got that true grit. If I think I'm going to be like, no, you know what? I'm going to be dead weight. I'm going to just go home. It's all about a ruthless party for everybody. I don't want to be yeah. like the dud. Yeah. I want everyone to have a good time and I will do my wow. best just for wow. them. And that's the thing is you do, you do your best every single time you bring that energy to stage every single time. And I think that's what has made you so captivating and so contagious in the comedy world is that when people see you, they're, they're getting exactly what everyone gets off stage with you as well. They're getting he sham. They're getting this. There's no difference. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's a beautiful thing, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Man alive. Um, this has been a treat for me. You're going to be uh, doing a debater show in Ottawa? When's this happening? Yes, uh, October 24 and 25. I'm um, going back to the hometown to uh, uh, have some fun arguing. <laughs> oh, the debaters is a beautiful thing. I, I, I love doing it, and you're going you're gonna to crush it. It's not your first time. You've done it a few times already now, and uh, I know you're going you're gonna to bring it. You're going to bring it. Yes. And uh, yeah, so go check out uh, Hisham at uh, the debaters in Ottawa in October. That's going to be fun. We'll put uh, the link in the show notes to, uh, to that. We'll also put a link in the show notes to all of Hisham's social media stuff. He's on Instagram. You're on all the places, TikTok, aren't you? Instagram. Yeah, it's at his ham hisham kalati k-e-l-a-t-i very phonetic um uh google me um my name will come up no matter what letters you put in accidentally it'll it'll (laughs) it'll come back hisham kalati don't worry i think you meant hisham kalati is that right yeah okay good good wonderful man alive thank you so much for being on the show this was a treat for me and uh, i just love chatting with you again it is a mutual uh back right at you and i gotta say i never (laughs) say that often you can listen to other podcasts i've had a bad time and i've let the host know I've had a bad time, but fuck. <laughs> You're all right, bro. You're all right. Oh, I love it. I love it. A big thank you to my guest, Hisham Kalati, and thank you to the ghosts of comedy past, <laughs> present, and future. And thank you, most of all, my dear, wonderful, faithful listeners. Thank you for listening. I'm Matt Falk. Until next time, God bless us, God everyone. Bless us, everyone. Amen. Amen. Oh, no, the Mark Maron story. Uh, all right. You'll never know. This could have been the podcast. I would have let you know, but tough luck. Oh, no. It's over. It's over, Falk. I'm so sorry. It's over. <laughs>